everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial, episode number 22, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Cowards, Robert Ford, that's right isn't it, yeah, something <laughs> like that anyway. Title. I'm Gav, I'm Austin, I'm Alex, I'm Joel. Basically, we are four lads from Liverpool who like to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we are the assassination of Jesse James Milner by the coward Roberto Ford Mino. Oh my God. <laughs> now, now do, do, do you get that? It's a, it's a Liverpool football club reference. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, right, okay, you know, you know how quickly yeah, no, I was trying to knock that up at the last minute there. Um, okay, so yeah, you may have heard that uh, Dave isn't with us. Uh, he is doing something much more exciting and going on a weekend bender, is it, to uh, somewhere <laughs> other? I don't know. I wasn't really listening, to be honest. <laughs> but we have got a, a fine replacement in our music sounds guru, Austin Ray. So hello, Austin. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here. Uh, that, that's enough for you now, okay? <laughs> Dave doesn't talk this much. I think we're going to have to reconsider what's going on here. Anyway, so if you haven't heard the show before, basically we put a film and we put it on trial. We put it on trial with the film. We put it on trial. Uh, so um, essentially we have lots of quizzes, music, songs, banter, and a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans. But before we go on to the bulk of the show, I thought we could try a little bit of news. Hang on, hang on. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> really? My favourite song ever. Man, do you know how hard it was to find a piece of music about Jesse James? You found a great one. Thank yeah, you. and Austin literally turned to me a second ago and was like, oh yeah, what about the song that they sing in the film? And I was like, shut up, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we just go around in a circle and we each pick a piece of news that has piqued our interest this week. So starting off with Austin, Baptism Fire. What is your piece of news for the week? Uh, well, actually, mine's about um, the latest Pixar film coming out later this month. It's uh, Coco. I think it started life like back in 2013. Quite controversial that they tried to um, they tried to uh, copyright names like Dios, the de los Muertos, and things like that. It's all about the Day of the Dead. Um, so yeah, they they did a bit of a faux pas with trying to just get anything related to that copyrighted, ready for merchandising. Wow. But um, yeah, they've they've come back now. They've got rid of all of that sort of stuff. They've uh, apparently made a really great uh, promotional thing of like a VR world for people to VR yeah, as in as in proper headsets. What? The whole shebang. Um, it sounds like it'd be really good. People are saying that it's the the best thing they've done since Inside Out. Amazing. Sort of like as good and immersive as Monsters Inc. What? So the the promotional like what sort sort of they they've got some VR headsets and you can watch the film. Or? Yeah, essentially. Well, I don't think it's the film. I think it's the world. Oh, um, awesome! So if this guy goes to the land of the dead, it's about to get. He's a musician who wants to prove himself, and uh, apparently has to go there. I don't know the the whole uh, script, but uh, <laughs> that seems to be the gist of it. Mainly, it just seems to be a really good world that people are going into. I feel like um, I feel like they sort of missed a trick with not putting it at Halloween. Like, when yeah. is it? It's coming out in November. <laughs> it's, it's coming out on the twenty second of November. Mm. So yeah, maybe a month. Too late. Yeah, they've had to push it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, when I talk about immersive VR experiences for animated films, I was kind of hoping for the same thing with that sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> just walking into a hall and just getting pelted with loads of hot dogs. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for that, Austin. Good point, good point. Uh, Alex, what is your piece of news for the week? Uh, my piece of news is a film that's just coming out uh, called The Florida Keys Project. I just looked at it this morning and sort of heard about it. 
But just from a review, which was five stars, uh, I, it just looks absolutely incredible. It's basically set near a Walt, like Walt the uh, Disneyland in Florida, but it's set in quite a sort of deprived area. But it's it's meant to be sort of like a, a kids growing up film, so it's meant to be filmed in really fantastic, quite vivid colours, like as you know, as as kids sort of roaming, you know, Huckleberry Finn sort of stuff back in the day. But set in a sort of you know in, in modern day Florida, you know in my I think it's is it, I'm not sure if it's Miami, but you know yeah, in, yeah. in rundown areas of which in Florida there are many. Yeah, I and, saw um, that. yeah, and the, like apparently the child acting is absolutely incredible, and uh, Willem Dafoe's in it as well and does really good performances. So I am I haven't been excited about this a film in ages. So I'm really definitely going to be seeing this next week. Sounds really good. Uh, so okay Alex who is your favorite child actor of all time my favorite child actor I've got I've got more like hated child actors than possibly favorite ones but I'd, I'd ever say it's an old film but have you ever seen Whistle Down the Wind oh yeah yeah I mean that is incredible the child acting in, in that is almost it's just unbelievably I think Hayley, is it Hayley Mills isn't yeah, yeah 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 uh and yeah no I mean apparently what they've done is they've just let the kids do a lot of their own acting you know not Apparently, Steven Spielberg had a quote where he said, if you try and tell them what to do too much, they just get a bit too cutie. Whereas if you sort of let them go and sort of record them a little bit and let them do their thing, probably edit it as well, like you get some really good performances. So yeah. how, about, how about you? What's your favourite child actor? Favourite child actor of all time? Uh, oh, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio? Does that oh, count? What, what's he in Gilbert Grape? <laughs> Uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Um, this Boy's Life? Basketball, uh, Basketball Diaries. Diaries? Yeah, yeah. I thought he, he was very he good. He is a great actor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so precursor maybe. Uh, what, what about you, Austin? Uh, uh, favorite child, child actor? actor. I can only really think of Macaulay Culkin. He always stands out brilliantly. I mean, classic, right? <laughs> and Joel, what about you? Um, well, I was going to say those two, but more kind of modern times, maybe the uh, Stranger Things cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the kids from It as well. I thought they yeah. did a tremendous job. Yeah, essentially yeah. the same cast. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One guy, one guy. Come on, same <laughs> cast there. Like. Okay, right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Alex. I look forward to that. Uh, Joel, what is your piece of news for the week? Um, well, I had one piece of news on the same subject, which kind of got pushed backwards. But that was uh, Mark Hamill actually gave an interview. Uh, I think it was this week, and he basically said that Luke Skywalker isn't isn't or hasn't turned to the dark side at least in the last jedi anyway so all that theory that luke was going to be bad he's basically said he's not bad um but then a new piece of star wars news came out which was they well disney have revealed a plan for a new trilogy and a live action tv series so it's going to be the trilogy is going to be taken over by rian johnson who's doing the last jedi and he actually did um looper as well yeah which, can't wait yeah which was great and they, the only thing they've said basically is that it's not going to feature at all the kind of skywalker saga slash setting of all the other films so totally new setting like if you've seen any of like the extended canon and all that type of stuff there's there's loads of material there which they could go into so i think like a fresh trilogy would be uh would be pretty nice and yeah the yeah. end well all right thank you very much um i don't know is it a case of uh, becoming almost overkill i mean this is a new trilogy and then we're going to get a new trilogy on top of that as well as all the prequels i um, i think they'll be very careful about how much they put out i don't think they're going to want to stretch it i do know i think disney didn't i'm just going into their accountant mode here but disney didn't have a great year last year apparently they're 
sales dipped for the first time in a really long time. What, so from they, like 5 billion to 4.3 <laughs> billion? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, they were running a bit scared because Disney, you know, always does well. So I think hopefully they won't start putting all the eggs in one basket and just think, well, you know, I mean, they spent, what, 4 billion on this? When they bought it off, it, yeah, oh, for, for Star Wars, for Star Wars, wow. yeah. So obviously they're going to want to like milk that cash cow, but they've it's got always going to sell, isn't it? Star Wars doesn't matter if it's you know after you saw Episode One, though. Well, maybe Gav aside, but there's no way I wasn't going to watch Episode Two, oh, yeah? Yeah, even though Episode One was terrible. I left it invigorated. Oh, yeah. Hang on, when you're talking about Episode One, do you mean Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, okay. God, yeah. I'm just getting confused, man. I'm getting yeah. I don't know franchises. Do, you know, I mean, Star Wars it's a strong franchise, but you know, we the Matrix. Could you ever have thought that franchise was going to go absolutely badly? But you know, it did, didn't it? So they've got to be careful. You know, you can get if it, if they overdo it, people can get bored. Well, I don't think. Not that any details have been released, but it, there's nothing to say that it's going to be about Jedi and Sith. You know, there's so many other things within Star Wars that they could cover there. That's true. Yeah. What? How did the beginning of the first one start? Episode what, Phantom one? Menace. Yeah. Wasn't there something like a, a tax oh, issue? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you know, like the, the the gold writing comes up, doesn't it? It's like. There's tax issues in the empire. <laughs> <laughs> See, I want to find out more about them. I want to find after, out more about this tax year, issue. 30 years away, the tax has gone insane in the empire. This is what caused it all. Oh, yeah. No, 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 What was he thinking? <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for that piece of news, Joel. Uh, now, on to me. Uh, it's funny enough, it kind of quite uh, closely links to that in that it is talking about a franchise again. And the creators of The Walking Dead, or, or the, sorry, the studio executives, have actually come out and said that they envisage um, The Walking Dead being the first TV program or, or, or you know, that ilk running for decades. 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 How yeah. many decades did they say? They said between three and five, so between 30 <laughs> and 50 years. Between 30 and 50 really? years. Well, well, yeah, I think what they're trying to do is maybe um, go down the soap route. You know, you look at Coronation Street, that must be about, what is it, 60 years old? So maybe they're trying to do something like that. But the thing is, is that Coronation Street is just a continuous loop, isn't it? So yeah. it's, it's new people, new characters, new stories. It's well, you say new stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the Recycled, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they're thinking about doing that with The Walking Dead. How long is, How long has it been going on for now? Eight years. I think it's a little early to be talking about 30, yeah. 50 years. Yeah. I don't see it happening. I think in, in the comics there's a possibility there, but the TV show, I don't... I think they lost fans last season. Uh, well, well, I don't the, think they did as well as they expected. Uh, last season was all right, but this season, so opening episodes is the first one to actually decrease i think since since the first series mm. so each one's got more and more viewers so it was a loss of about 33 percent viewership uh, from you know the opening of series seven so it's the first time they've actually lost viewers over eight years in an opening episode so maybe they might want to rethink the whole 50 year plan i mean in fairness though it has done well like the, i've played the telltale Telltale games. Oh yeah, yeah they are really yeah, good. Yeah. They're really good games. You know, so I don't know. It's done well already. I don't think they need to be talking about thirty or fifty years. That's just no, well, fifty years time. That's there's going to be an entirely new cast. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never seen it. Is is there a scope for just spin-offs and stuff? Or well, there's already the, a spin-off at the moment. There's, there? a, there's a prequel series that apparently is going to join up with the main series. I think it's this season, isn't it? 
uh, well, to, sometime soon anyway, they're going to link up together. Uh, and, you know, there is the kind of um, the scope there for another spin-off or a couple more spin-offs, maybe. And the, the fact is, is that, you know, if fans are willing to watch it and pay for it, then they're going to make it. Case in point, Star Wars, the fact that, you know, right. how many prequels were written um, even 10 years ago, there were probably none in mind, but now everybody's got a prequel story, everybody's got a sequel, you know, and we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi origin story, we're getting, you know, several other ones, Han Solo, etc. So, you know, if there's, if there's an appetite for it, then I think they're going to go with it. it. You've just got to be careful with exploring the backstory of stuff though at times you know because sometimes if you go too far down the backstory it's not as good as you thought it was going to be sometimes it's better just to leave it at the you know yeah, like a bit of mystique a bit, a bit of mystique of a, you know imagination for what they love if, yeah. if, if i can go to a star trek place like star trek the original series which i loved like that was very like the, the actual inter- like spock being you know sort of unemotional and stuff that wasn't always talked about every episode it was just a given of his character and it all went on I feel sometimes when they're going back and trying to explore his humanity and it's, it's yeah, just like, a bit too... Like in these latest In films the latest films, stuff, it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh no, that was just a bit of the episode. It wasn't like, you know, it's... it's, it's uh, honestly, on, on the Star Trek note though, the yeah. latest Star Trek series, actually very good. I'm quite enjoying on it. Discovery, yeah. Yeah. yeah really. Okay, yeah. Well, bit of a tangent there, but thank you very much, guys. And <laughs> yeah, that brings us a close to the news. I'm not going to play it all, but you know, you know, <laughs> I'll be like that. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, thank you very much for that. So now we are moving on to the bulk of the show, which is films on trial. As I said before, if you've never heard the show before, essentially we take a film and we put it on trial. Uh, this month we are pulling them out of the hat. So these are suggestions that people have made to us. And this week it is the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. So just like the films, we pull the roles out at random. So in the role of the defense is going to be me. And my job is to place the film or hopefully get it placed on the hit list in the role of the prosecution is Joel, who's going to be trying his best to condemn the film to the shit list. Then we've got the character witness, who's going to be played by Austin. Austin is just going to lend his genuine opinion to either side of the arguments to throw a bit of weight behind it. And then in the most important role is Alex, who is going to be playing the judge. Now, it's their role to listen to both sides of the arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based on the arguments that are put forward to them and not their own opinions. So, without further hesitation, uh, I'm going to give a bit of a synopsis here, right? So, what, what accent am I going to do oh. for this? Uh, deep South, please. Yeah, deep yes. South. Okay. Right. Robert Ford, who's idolized Jesse James since childhood, tries hard to join the reforming gang of the Missouri Outlaw, but gradually becomes resentful of the bandit leader. I mean, very good. Very good. <laughs> Like deep, deep, south, <laughs> deep, deep south. Deep, deep south. That's what I thought it. when you said deep. Over, 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 you went deep, 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 deep south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, oh, I've actually got a little little song to accompany this. Oh, of course. Okay, so, uh, are you ready for this? Yes. I wish that I was Jesse James' girl. <laughs> I wish that I was Jesse James' girl. How could I find a Robert like that? <laughs> Lovely. Like that, you, you've knocked them out of the park this week. I have, yeah. <laughs> Considering that I wrote them all in about like what well, 10 minutes before we actually started recording, I'm quite happy with that. Uh, right, okay, so without further hesitation, Alex, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Okay, so you know, ready. I 
<clears throat> just to say, I haven't watched the assassination of Jesse James by the cow by, by the coward Robert Ford. Do we have to say that title every time, or are we just going to say the assassination of Jesse James? Maybe? You can just say Jesse James. Okay, okay Jesse James. We all know what we're talking. We all know what we're talking about. So uh, I am first going to pass it on to I think the defense. So Gavin. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh, I wouldn't have that if I were you, Judge. No, I, I would not have that. I know. <laughs> Get your gavel out. Over, overruled, is that the right one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say overruled. That, yeah. So, uh, go on, Gav, what's your defense? Okay, so I'm going to start off. My first point is going to be about cinematography. Uh, so, watching the film, I just thought it was absolutely beautifully shot. Every single scene was, it was so visually stunning. And I think you can tell right away that uh, there's a lot of influence from Ridley Scott there. Uh, as soon as his name and his company logo came up at the beginning of the film, I was like, oh, okay, well, at least uh, what I can expect from this film, because I'd never seen it as well, was that it's going to be beautifully filmed. And it was. There was scenes in the cornfield at the very at the very beginning that were kind of reminiscent of Gladiator. There was that opening kind of train scene. The, the way that that was filmed, I just thought was amazing. Um, it, the thing is, is that it was it was almost like they underplayed the violence uh, so all of the gunshots were they weren't really loud so whenever you go and watch a film these days the sounds of the gunshots and the sounds of like a punch are the same volume and they're just really loud so with that the gunshots weren't that loud so it was almost like it was understated so you're like oh so you didn't actually know um you know how for a minute then I was thinking like, are they real guns? I mean, what's going on? And then, you know, when you get onto the train and you see the panic in the passengers' faces, you're like, oh yeah, their terror's actually real here, yeah. And when um, they actually stand up to the conductor, the conductor in the back, he says, uh, Brad Pitt says to him, open up the safe. And the conductor says, oh no, I'm not going to open it up. And he hits him on the head with a gun. And if that would have been any other film, that would have been like a loud special effect. But the fact is, is you hardly hear it. And, you know, you, you kind of think like, oh, did he just hit him or what? And then blood starts trickling down his face and then he holds his head. And it's just like that, to me, was more powerful because it wasn't overplayed. It was a fact that, you know, yeah, violence can be real. You know, that, that looked very, very real to me. I just want to go about uh, some of the other scenes. There's a scene where um, where Ed Miller, uh, one of the characters, one of Jesse James's gang is hiding out and he's you can see Jesse James approaching on his horse from about a mile away and just the, 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 the kind of... Um, the ride up to Ed Miller's house, the way it's filmed. It's just like, this, it's just so picturesque. It looks like a painting. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, then there are some uh, really well seen films between um, Dick and Woody or Wood, sorry, Dick and Wood. Sorry. <laughs> Literally, was that what you two were going on about before? Dick and Wood. <laughs> <laughs> No pun intended, but there's a there's a scene between the two of them where they have a gunfight, and it's just so surreal. It's because it, it, it's quite realistic when you watch gunfights these days in films. You know these epic things where people get shot about like fifteen times and they're still managing to stand up. Like one bursts into the room, tries firing, he misses a few times. The other one, he grabs his gun and he starts firing. He keeps on missing. Then you hit one and he's like, "Oh my word, I've just been hitting the arm." You know, it, it's it's so <laughs> real. Honestly, well, it doesn't say like, "Oh, oh my." Oh, but no it's it's just so it's, it's so real um when they get to missouri later on this uh the the 
the landscape changes, you know, before we had these rich, vibrant yellow fields. Now we have this kind of snowy, picturesque mountain scene. Like the the colors that are used throughout are just absolutely amazing. Um, Then as, um, as the film goes on, we keep on getting introduced to this frosted image on the on the screen every time the narrator talks the scene is almost got like a frosted tinting around it and at the beginning i was thinking oh, that's a bit annoying what you know what why are they doing that it can't, it's taking me away from the film a little bit here but as it went on i realized what it was it was it starts with brad pitt jesse james's character sitting in a rocking chair looking out of the window and this is him recollecting his life thinking about everything that he's done, all the bad things, all the good things. And that frosted, um, the frosted tint around the scene is him actually looking out of the window. And it's almost like, cause we're told at the beginning that he's going to be killed. So when he is killed, that frosted kind of tint is almost like maybe that's the lights turning out after he's been shot. So I thought it was really actually, it was, it was quite uh, powerful. That. Um, there's a scene uh, where um, James discovers Dick's been arrested. Uh, you know, that is like kind of building up to the end of the film. He places down his guns for the very first time. And the way that it's filmed, you, you know that something's going to happen. Obviously, you know, it starts off um, with him sat in the rocking chair. So when it ends, we're told, oh, you know, this is the day of his death. But the fact that he places his guns down and we've never seen him place his guns down. It's a big thing that he's never seen without his guns. There's a scene where he's in the bath and he's, he's, you know, he's sitting with it in the bath, you know, so when he places his guns down, it's a very, very poignant moment. Right earlier on, when Ed Miller is killed, uh, Jesse James um, shoots him in the back and seems more concerned for the fact that his horse is frightened than he does that one of his best friends, one of the, his oldest friends, he's just killed him. He, he, he seems really apathetic to the fact that he's just had to kill one of his oldest friends. He shows no emotion, but he shows more emotion to the horse that seems a little bit frightened. So at the end, it's like he, he's read that one of his friends has turned himself in and is um, going to um, testify against Jesse James. He knows that he's been betrayed by the four brothers. So he places down his guns as a symbolic sort of final gesture that, yeah, okay, I accept my fate. I've killed all these people. I've done horrible things and I'm ready to die. And he walks away and he says, that picture's dusty. And the picture is a painting of his horse. So he goes up to... to dust the horse and he knows he can see in the reflection that he's about to get shot but he once again he's so apathetic it's almost like he's got a bigger connection with his horse than he has with his own life it's it's really powerful scene to be honest uh, then there's there's other fi- uh, scenes later on as the film goes on there's charlie's death scene very very simplistic once again the violence is understated a lot of the violence within this film we don't actually see it it's it's like off camera like um like ed, ed miller's death charlie's death you know a lot of it is off camera so when something violent does happen when somebody's punched or when somebody's hit or shot it's more powerful because well, we don't expect it and because it's not overplayed as well it's very very natural uh, and you know i just wanted to say that the whole film for me was just very beautifully shot very well directed as well and it was just a great story excellent okay thank you so some fantastic points there about cinematography um Really good to hear. It's quite interesting. You know, I do like my Western, so it's quite interesting to hear. It's like kind of a different take on the Western a bit, sort of moving on the genre. Uh, Joel, as prosecution, would you would you agree with some of what Gavis said? Of, or what do you think? Um, well, I'm just going to read out my argument because it pretty much covers 
what Gavis said anyway, so I'm not going to cover so it. So ignore kind of my point, points point. then, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much ignore them, yeah. <laughs> just steamroll. <laughs> yeah, so... Okay, and just a little bit of a brief history on, on Jesse James. He started out as a Confederacy guerrilla fighter. He had a shootout filled career, a bank train, stagecoach robber. He became a folk hero and he rem- remains a pop culture sensation. He's the subject of more than 10 movies and this film kind of covers none of the above. Um, the title, you know, it tells you the entire plot. You know, some people... I kind of watched this film after... 310 to humor with the the russell crowe one it came out very similar time and i saw that and i thought i had a bit of a taste for western so i bought this on on blu-ray and you know it's one of them you just don't realize that it's a character study uh it's got a long title and it really just takes just as long to get to the actual event that the you know that the title kind of covers everything about the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert Ford is longer than it needs to be its duration two hours and 40 minutes uh, it's excru- excruciatingly deliberate pace makes you wonder <clears throat> if Andrew Dominic's film, as spare as it is self-important, intentionally unfolds its n- narrative in slow motion. Uh, the titular event, as I said, kind of happens well over two hours into the movie. It becomes clear that, you know, the director's intentions have just literally got away from him. Uh, it's languid, it's sometimes downright dull. And the movie probably would have worked a lot better, to be honest, if they'd cut out maybe between 20 and 40 minutes from the total running time. But even that said, there are kind of several films, sorry, several scenes within the movie where they're almost cut short. So it almost kind of seems to me like it was longer. It was actually longer than 160 minutes and they actually cut it down to that. Uh, The plot and the development of characters are are literally blunted and, and fogged. Uh, by the film's atmospheric and glacial pace. The length, like, it's not the only problem. The narrative rambles. Uh, the the voiceover done by Hugh Ross kind of starts off intriguing, but by the end it just becomes ridiculous, especially in the epilogue. The character seems kind of all-knowing, uh, and what's disappointing is the fact that they are considerable, but there's no kind of redeeming qualities or virtues in pretty much any of the characters. You know, as Gav kind of touched on, Uh, As a piece of art, the movie is, like, very, very impressive. Like, the cinematography is great. You know, I'm not, no way going to deny that. It's a very kind of uh, pretty film. But the visuals are so kind of epically scaled, and it's such an intimate story. Like I said, it it is literally a character study of two men um, that they kind of overwhelm the the film. Uh, As a piece of kind of popular entertainment, you know, it is a, a film after all. It's kind of ponderous, repetitive, and it lacks... Really, you know, like I said, I, I came out off the back of watching 310 to Yuma. It lacks literally a single rousing action, se- action sequence. Um, and for a Western, you know, I just thought that was absolutely crazy. And like I said, for a Western with a title of Jesse James, you know, who was all those things that I mentioned at the start, like a shootout field career, who was a robber, uh, you know, kind of infamous kind of outlaw. There's to not have a, a big action sequence in there. You know, even though, as I say, it is a character study, was a little bit of a, a strange decision to me. Um, and just kind of touching on what Gav said as well, it does start uh, with Jesse James, and he's 34 in the summer of 1881, and all he does is sit in a rocking chair. That's literally all he does. He's um, had a gunfight-filled career, man. He's knackered. <laughs> he needs a rest. <laughs> um, so, 
Um, skip forward a little bit because in between this time, there's literally about two hours, but kind of as Jesse starts to, he becomes a bit paranoid um, because he's got such a big bounty on his head. He wonders if the gang of new people um, are possibly tempted by the bounty to remain loyal to him. So he, he basically goes to um, kind of all his old accomplices and it just becomes completely repetitive and any type of tension that it builds up, you know, is he going to die now? How is he going to die? That all just kind of goes. The It just slackens immediately. The violence, when it's present, it is kind of sudden and shocking and it can be quite visceral, but the payoff, like when you see Jesse James shot, it's almost kind of comic how he dies. Um, it's just not very well done. His head just kind of smacks against the painting and, you know, for such a big payoff, it's... Um, it was a little bit disappointing. And as I said, the, the narrative, it's just dragged out. There are kind of countless scenes that they're kind of trying to almost jam down your throat. I think they're just trying to reiterate the fact that Jesse is getting paranoid now and Barbara's got this kind of growing, growing hatred of him. And by the time the plot to go after Jesse unfolds, we're almost kind of left a little bit stupefied by the lack of any real insight um, into the long passage beforehand. The remaining characters, kind of like the supporting crew, if you like, they just kind of almost seem to just go along with everything, almost as if they know what's going to happen before it does. They just keep kind of seem to never act surprised, never really show much emotion, really, as to as to uh, you know what's unfolding between them. And the extended epilogue, which follows Bob's post-killing days, so kind of like the last half an hour of the film after two hours, uh, it would be a fascinating look at the nature of a celebrity and its effects if it wasn't for the narrator and he's just constantly psychoanalyzing uh, the character just basically constantly um and if the movie kind of truly is about a lust for fame which basically it is it's a character study of that um it's only in the last kind of 30 minutes that that becomes apparent after robert ford pulls the trigger it kind of turns into a decent film but the two hours before that are so kind of long and overwinded um that it just loses its way Okay, so it sounds like the assass the film The Assassination of Jesse James only gets good after he's actually assassinated. Um, okay, just before I move on to Ozzy, I'm just going to bring it back to Gav, who can have a brief rebuttal. I'll rebut briefly. Uh, so I'd like to argue the pace. Uh, I think it's very, very well paced, to be honest. It's, it's not a case of uh, we've got explosions here, explosions there, and you're waiting for another set piece. You know exactly what you're going to get with the film. It's very slow paced throughout. I'd like to say to Joel, it's not a Western, mate, the biopic. It's not like, it's not the Magnificent Seven. Where is it set? What? Where is it set? Just because it's set in the in the, the Wild West, as it you might say. It does make it a Western. No, it's not. It's just, it's a biopic. Yeah, but it is a Western. So you're telling me that Ray, the film about Ray Charles, is a film about uh, the... Um, it's set in the Wild West. No, the, the scenery or the setting around, it might be the Wild West, but it doesn't mean it's a Western. It's a biopic of the guy's life. It's called The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Which it's, doesn't signify that it's a biopic. It is. Title. It's a biopic of, okay, of, of I'm, Jesse I'm gonna, James. I'm going to jump in and say, I think it's biopic. <laughs> <laughs> and also... It's a biopic? <laughs> no, it's biopic. Biopic? No, biography. Biopic. I, I understand. Bio oh my God. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, it's a I'm, fucking I'm, biopic. I, anyway, I'm just going to, I'm just going right. to, I'm going to jump in that argument. Gav, can you finish your rebuttal? Yeah, right. Quickly? So it's, 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 a, it's all about his death and his relationship with Robert Ford. So we wouldn't, 
be shown his life, all his, his guns, gunslinging days back in the old Wild West. Because it's not about that. It's about his death and what happened since he met Robert Ford. Also, you know, you said that his death was understated. Well, that was his real life death. They're not going to kind of throw in a few grenades and a few, you know, exploding horses and carriages because that's exactly how he died. And when you said it's not obvious that it's a, a study of fame, I think that's evident throughout. The very first time we're introduced to Robert Ford, he wants to be famous. He wants to be a member of the gang. And then it, and when he can't become a member of the gang, he wants to be Jesse James's best mate. Then he wants to be Jesse James. When he can't be Jesse James, he wants to be the man that kills him or brings him in. He's constantly fame hungry. He wants to be as iconic as Jesse James. He wants to have all these comics and stories written about him, but he'll never be. Okay, I'm going to stop you two there. You can resume soon, but I'd like, I'd like to. It's definitely biopic. It's definitely biopic. That's just an inflection. It's just like, it's the emphasis. In, are you going to take this shit, George? Emphasis is important. The assassination of Jesse James. The assassination of Jesse James. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different. The assassination different... of Jesse James. <laughs> no, no, no. The, uh, I, right, no. I could go into linguistics. Uh, Ozzy, it sounds like we both we all agree that the cinematography is great in this film. Uh, there, there seems to be a thing about it just being far too long at two hours, 40 minutes. And also um, there seems to be a bit of people seem to be disagreeing about the actions. Gav saying it's underplayed and that's a good thing. Joel saying he was expecting a little bit more. I, um, about the length. Yeah. I normally, I can, I can very rarely sit through a long film. I just find them incredibly tedious. So I was worried when I saw, when I clicked, Assassination of Jesse James and saw two hours and 40. I think I may even text you to say, there's no way I'm sitting through this. Yeah. And, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. Actually, the uh, length didn't bother me. The pacing was actually, uh, I, I felt the pacing was, was good. I was, I do agree with Joel. I thought I was going to get a, a, a Western. I thought I was going to get a shoot em up. You know, we know about Jesse James. It's a, it's a legendary story. But I, after, Empire Express, after the train, Robbie, I thought this is incredible. And then it changes, you know, the, the speed changes. I didn't mind. I think I, I became aware that it's not, uh, it's, it's not his life leading up to that. It's, it's his life from that point onwards. It's, I think actually it's a film about Robert Ford rather than a film about Jesse James. And, um, and I thought it was very interesting. Somebody you don't hear much about. I thought it, it, it worked all right. So I didn't mind that it wasn't a shoot em up. It's definitely not an action film. Right. It's, not, okay. it's not for somebody after an action film. No okay. way. Um, but, yeah. but you didn't find like, cause you were expecting a Western, you didn't feel like you missed the action. Uh, no, I think the cin cinematography makes up for it. And, it, and the, the acting is actually, it seemed to make up for it. To be honest with you, I felt like Robert Ford's character helped really. Yeah. It just seemed to, he was interesting enough to think, yeah, okay, that, that works. I don't mind that there's no real gun shooting. To be honest with you, the bits of action that did happen, uh, it was good. It was all right. It was quite, <laughs> you know, when it came, it was hard hitting. Like Joel said, the, the, that bit, the, uh, the bit of violence that happened. I mean, I think actually that was Joel agreeing with Gav at a point. That, yeah, effective. But it was yeah. very effective. You know, yeah. the, the bedroom shootout. Yeah, that, that came. It was a bit memorable. of a shock because not much had happened up until that point. So then that was, uh, yeah, that was memorable. I thought it was, I, I didn't mind so much on that, yeah. So some memorable bits. Okay, thanks, Austin. Um, all right, so I'm now going to pass it, I think, to prosecution to go first. Prosecution? Um, yeah, I haven't got a massive amount here, but I'm just going to cover uh, the cast of the film. So obviously Brad Pitt, who plays Jesse James. So his kind of characterization, characterization sorry, it's interesting in as kind of fact as he's not really playing a character. He's just kind of Brad Pitt. 
Um, he just kind of seems lost at times. He's not really menacing and nor is he really kind of tragic. I've got a little quote here. Like when I was researching the film, I, uh, I did read some stuff on the real Jesse James and the real Robert Ford. And there's a little quote here about Jesse James. So it says, It was said about James, outlaw legend, that he was utterly devoid of fear and with no more compunction, is it? Compunction? Compunction. Compunction. Uh, about cold-blooded murder than he has about eating breakfast. So basically, he just doesn't give a shit. And that kind of doesn't come across um, in Brad Pitt's version of him. He doesn't really have the charisma, I think, of the real Jesse James and... Apparently, he was a very kind of complex man. And again, he just kind of seems like Brad Pitt to me. Uh, Casey Affleck, you know, he did do a very good performance. Actually, he kind of outshines Brad Pitt in many ways. But he's got different problems to Brad Pitt. Uh, his interpretation of Robert Ford, it's kind of so nerving and pretty much useless that it's impossible to understand why a character like Jesse James would even have him in his crew. I mean, this is kind of like the biggest outlaw kind of toughest guy in the West at that time. And there's absolutely no way, even if he wanted to pick up like a new crew, that he would recruit somebody like that. So for that reason, you know, I don't think Robert Ford could have been like that because it just wouldn't have happened. And that aside, you know, somebody like that to survive in that time where it was very kind of unruly, um, you know, I think having a character like that survive that amount of time, it just doesn't seem to add up. Um, and this is almost kind of a positive point, um, but it I'm going to put a ne- negative spin on it. So the best kind of exchanges, they come between uh, the lesser characters, people like Jeremy Renner, uh, Paul Schneider, um, and there's some kind of pretty good female characters in there. They don't have many lines, but they all have like distinct uh, personalities. There's a cameo in there from J- James Cavill as well. Um, and they just kind of outshine two of the, well, basically the the two title characters and um it's a little bit of a shame really that you don't get to to explore those but um you know overall as i said the it's a it's a character study on jesse james and robert ford and they just kind of seem a little bit weak okay sounds like joel's saying that the eponymous characters aren't particularly strong not well casey affleck does a good job but sort of outshines Brad Pitt. There are some good supporting actors, but it doesn't quite make up for this like glaring hole in the middle. Gav, um, Joel's saying that Brad Pitt doesn't really have charisma. What would you say to that? I'm going to firstly say uh, everything that Joel said is complete baloney. Uh, and secondly, uh, right, I know you're trying to bait me. I can see you're laughing your I, head I'm off here. I'm not laughing my head because off. I just you know, want you to answer the question. You know my opinions about Brad Pitt. Yeah, and charismatic. Um, right, so I'm not going to say that Brad Pitt's the best actor ever because you know my opinions on Brad Pitt. But, however, he does deliver a good performance in this. I'm not going to say it's the best performance that's ever been delivered. I'm not going to say he's the best performance in the entire film because it's not. But in my scale of Brad Pitt films ranking worst to best, this is close to the top of the best. This is actually a good performance from Brad Pitt for once. Uh, you know, right from the very beginning, he seems very menacing at some points that when that bit uh the train that i spoke about earlier with the with the um train attendants there's that subtle sort of menace to his character 
I mean, you don't really know much about Jesse James from the film. You know much about him, you know, just from knowing who he is. But within the film, you don't know what sort of character he is. So you don't know how he's going to react. Then he pulls a gun out and he puts it against the um, the train attendant's head. And, you know, you think that he's going to shoot him. And there's no reason for you not to think that he is capable of doing that. Then later on, there's an interrogation scene with Miller. Uh, he's very cold and calculated. And uh, for, uh, for once in his entire acting career, he's very good at actually being subtle. I don't know whether that was intentional or not, but his subtlety in that performance was really good. And there's a scene where he beats um, a kid who's related to uh, Miller because he's trying to find out where he is. Uh, it, 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 he goes from just being kind of calm and collected and sort of comedic in a way to just being completely unhinged. Uh, this, the, the, he just grabs this kid and starts beating him up. And then as soon as he's finished, he shows this sign of remorse, like, oh, what have I just done? And as he goes to get on the horse, bearing in mind this is a guy who's killed his friends, he's murdered countless people, he just starts crying. And the, the guy who's with him is completely taken aback because he's never seen him show any emotion. And for once, it's Brad Pitt actually showing emotion in a film. Uh, there's, there's, um, there's scenes later on where he's talking to Sam Rockwell after Wood's death. He's unnerving once again. It looks like he could snap at any moment. Uh, the, 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 everything just starts unraveling around him. He's losing his friends. People are just are disappearing. You know, some of his, his colleagues are um, getting arrested or they're turning themselves into the police. And he is just unraveling as, as he becomes unpredictable. It becomes manic. There's this great scene just before his death where he comes in and he reads the paper and he sees that one of his allies has turned himself into the police and is going to testify against him. And there's that bit where you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's just going to stand up and shoot somebody or if he's going to punch somebody. And in the end, he just gives up. He put places down his guns and then he just accepts his own death, which is very, very powerful. And it was actually really good for him. But I want to talk about the rest of the cast Casey Affleck I thought was absolutely tremendous in this film he was great at playing this unnerving creepy untrustworthy character as soon as we're introduced to him we don't know what he's about uh, we kind of gather that he just wants to be like Jesse James and then as the film goes on we realize that he doesn't he just want he doesn't want to be him he, well, he can't be him he wants to be as famous as him so he can't be as famous as him. He can't be in his gang. He can't be the next Jesse James. So what can he be famous for? Killing Jesse James. So as the film is going on, we see this sort of calculation. Um, he starts off as this sort of like weedy, like kind of feeble character. He tries to stand up to his brother and his friends, but it, it, it just looks completely uh, overpowered. Um, then there's a scene later on where he kills uh, Wood, who is Jesse James' cousin, and he shoots him and then he doesn't know what he's done. He doesn't know what to do with himself. It, the, the way that he's acted that is just amazing because it just shows you that sort of complete disbelief in his own actions. Then later on, he starts turning on Jesse James. Um, he knows that he can't hang with him. So he wants to become famous by turning him in. There's a scene uh, just after Dick's arrest that I mentioned about before. And he knows that Jesse James is going to snap um, so he doesn't know what to do with this this kind of look of absolute horror on his face he thinks jesse james is going to kill me here he sits down and he accepts his death and when he realizes that jesse actually turns around and says no no you know i've given up now you know it's been too long he he just quickly thinks to his feet he's like what am i going to do and he's like should i shoot him should i not you know that conviction in his face or lack of it's just you know mesmerizing and when he does kill him he just he's completely stunned and then later on, he becomes arrogant, he becomes brash. He, you know, he, he is 
becoming famous. He wants to be famous. So when people actually turn against him because they liked Jesse James, they don't like this guy. He doesn't know how to handle it. He just snaps. He starts losing control. And so the character arc of this one guy is absolutely unbelievable. And the way Casey Affleck portrays it is fantastic. And I know what you were saying before, Joel, that, you know, it's unbelievable that this guy wouldn't have lasted. But the fact of the matter is that it's based on real life. You know, this is a guy who existed. Uh, anyway, all the supporting characters, I thought the, tr- the 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 supporting cast were just incredible. We had Sam Rockwell there. It was this sort of like uh, un- unpredictable, nervous, uneasy sort of guy. We had Garrett Dillahunt who played Ed Mirror. There's the scene where he gets interrogated. It's absolutely fantastic. The uneasiness he plays there, the, the, the absolute terror in his face. We've got a great turn from Jeremy Renner who plays Wood. He's like smarmy, cocksure, but he's also angry. His death scene is just incredibly acted. Then we've got the guy who plays Dick Little, Paul Schneider. He's very cocky and arrogant, yet he's suave and he's ladies, man. There's this sort of subtle creepiness and wickedness to his character when he's spending time with a little girl outside we think like what 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 you know why is he spending time we're told that it's because he wants to get close to the girl's mother but even though he's playing with her outside and he's being nice we know that there's like some sort of wickedness behind him it's he does it so well he acts it so tremendously well then there's obviously um surprise cameos from michael parks ted levine we've even got nick cage there nick cage nick cage yeah 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 he's, he's, he started fighting at sub-zero right at the end you missed it Joel's <laughs> end credit scene but uh, no the, the cast i thought it's a fantastic job and you know me i'm not going to kind of turn around and say i think brad pitt's amazing but even if he would have turned up one of his usual stinking performances i think the cast that was surrounding him would and have done a great job of picking the film up and making it a great film wow i mean you managed to defend a film about brad pitt in it and insult him at the same time (laughs) (laughs) it's quite impressive Uh, so i'm just going to uh move on to as character witness um Ozzy, it sounds, you know, what we've got here is Casey Affleck, it seems to be, you know, everyone's saying that he is incredible in this film. Joel is saying that Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt does, does have, has no charisma. Gav's saying that he, he does actually pull out a good performance here, but he's also sort of supported by what sounds like an incredibly good supporting cast. So what were your thoughts on this? In terms of the cast, the supporting cast, I thought that we're just a, it was a nice array of characters. Sorry, totally. Whether they played it well or not, it's hard to tell. But compared to, they were just a bunch of characters. It felt like a ragtag gang that you may have had in a train robbery. Loads of people from the, you know, from the the, the deep south, who've got nothing better to do than than rob a train. You know, or that sort of. It felt like a good gang. They all felt like they played it pretty well. That was good. I, uh, I, I was going to say I agree with Joel on on Brad Pitt, but what I actually felt. I felt that Jesse James was just a deplorable man, which makes me think maybe actually Brad Pitt did a good job. You know, I didn't really, I I didn't for one think, oh, that's Brad Pitt playing a, I just felt like he is an awful man. I can't wait till he gets killed. And then, uh, and then towards the end, the, uh, the acting by maybe by Brad Pitt or maybe just the story. But uh, yeah, so um, Robert Ford, when he comes to do it by that time, you think Robert Ford is a terrible man, you know, and it just seems to switch and, for me, then maybe that's that's good acting. I would I would say. Okay, thank you for that. All right, I think we're ready for closing arguments. So I think I'm going to ask the defence, Gav, if you are ready. You have a is it one minute we're doing now? One minute, yeah. One minute. So your one minute starts now. 
Okay, so Jesse James, I thought, was a terrific film. Uh, I think if you know exactly what it's about, it's a biopic about a man and his relationship with Robert Ford. It's not a Western. You're not going to get this action you, this, this action piece. There's not going to be these big set pieces. It's just a really well-told story and really well shot film i think the pacing is great it knows what type of film it wants to be so the pacing is quite slow paced but it doesn't mean it's boring it knows exactly what it wants everything is considered it's not rushed everything takes its time the violence in it is very understated which makes it more believable and more realistic i think some of the landscapes in it are absolutely amazing you can see ridley scott's influence as a director because the production values are great and the performances in it are fantastic brad pitt especially he gives a really good performance for once in his career Casey Affleck is probably one of the best performances I've seen in that type of film I've definitely the best I've seen from him Oh, very nice. I do like doing this, man. Yeah, yeah. What Fantastic. wasn't helping me is you just pointing at me and holding up different fingers and <laughs> ten doing, fingers, yeah, Gav. That means I, ten seconds. I didn't know what any of that meant. You were doing, you were doing it. You did, a, you did a super job. Thanks, well done. Man, well done. I didn't see you making any notes though. <laughs> Joel, was that my minute up as well? Don't worry, Gav. All the notes are up in my head. It's all being. It's all being. Uh, it's all being thought about. Joel, uh, you it's your time, time for your closing argument now. I would possibly recommend you said biopic. That might explain me a little bit. But I'll say it, what I'll I want to say. Biopic. <laughs> biopic. <laughs> right. Uh, when you're ready, off you go. Are we ready to just start? Oh, my oh God. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, go. Okay. So this is definitely overblown and it is miles too long. It's two hours, 40 minutes. And if you check pretty much everywhere, even the positive reviews will all mention that this is far too long of a film, but the characters, they are, as I say, they just don't appear to be genuine to me. I did do some research on uh, Jesse James and on Robert Ford, and they just didn't seem to match up to the characters when I watched it. But overall, it's just kind of too uh, kind of in your face, the visuals, and there just isn't kind of the kind of, you know, character development to back that up. Wow. I mean, easily in the minute. Well done, Joel. He's uh, a piss. I'd just like to ask, so this extensive research you've done on Jesse James and Robert Ford, you thought that it didn't live up. And what, so what, what did it say? Yeah, I'm going to just stop it there. Joel, uh, do, do, do you want to come back on that? Um, at least I did research, mate. <laughs> This is just getting personal now. Ozzy, is there anything... Outside, now. <laughs> is, if you've stopped playing with the gong, Ozzy... <laughs> is, <laughs> oh, it's hard, isn't it? That's how I remember last week when I was having difficulties with is, it. Yeah, all weeks. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add to the, to the arguments you've heard? Is there anything you need clarification on? I think... Uh, uh, no, I think, I, think yeah. I'm, I think I'm good. Uh, yeah. are, are we going to go straight into my verdict? Or right, would you before like you actually in? do your verdict. Fair enough. Uh, I thought we could have a quick quiz. Right, so just while we're on the topic of... <laughs> what we call it, because it's not quiz, Dave. I know Dave's not here. Don't worry, guys. I've got it. It's... Uh, right, you ready for this? Okay, so um, the quiz this week is going to be... Uh, okay, <clears throat> Quiz Aussie, Joel Brucey. 
quiz of mine, Jesse Very James. Nice. And right before, quiz Zazi Joel Brucey. <laughs> yeah. How you like that? Very nice. Yeah, Thanks. well done. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, 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 I figured that out just before. Your songs are little songs. You know, everything's been very good this week, Ev. I'm very impressed. Thank you very much, Guy. I, th- I think what I need to do is work to a deadline. That's, that's what. I'm going to do a collection of all of the songs. <laughs> it could be a Christmas special. <laughs> right. So I'm going to ask all three of you mm. um, if you can tell me the difference between famous cinematic robbers and <laughs> go on oh god footballing goalkeepers oh jesus in a quiz i call jesse james or david james <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay right number one starting with joel dalton russell robber or keeper robber alex robber keeper Okay, so Joel and Alex are right. He is a Robert, played by Clive Owen in the film Inside Me. Mm. Number two. Inside Man. (laughs) Inside Man. Is that the film Joel used to be in? (laughs) That's Joel's porn suit. (laughs) Inside Me. Hey, were we talking about Inside Me before? Is that Uh, a film? Inside Inside Out. Inside Out. Out. That's the connection. We definitely didn't watch Inside Me together, mate. Okay, right. Number two, uh, Casey Keller, Joel, Robert or Keeper? Keeper. Keeper? Keeper. You're all right. He is a keeper. Yeah, he was a Millwall player of the year in 1992-93 season. Well done. <laughs> we know our Millwall players. Uh, I've, num- I've got him on shiny. <laughs> <laughs> right, number three, Anthony Adams, Robert or Keeper? Robber. Keeper. Robber. Oh, Joel and Ozzy are right. He is a robber, played by Luke Wilson in the film Bottle Rocket. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Never heard of it. Uh, Number four, Don Logan. Robber or keeper? Keeper. Robber. Uh, Keeper. Ah, Joel, you failed there, man. He is a robber, played by Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast. Uh, Number five, Ian Walker. Robber or keeper? It sounds like a terrible robber name, so I'm going with keeper. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, keeper. I think it is a keeper. (laughs) Is he from Arsenal? No, no, Tottenham. Oh, Oh, don't say that. Oh, hey. Tottenham. Lost a lot of listeners. Isn't he from Tottenham? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leicester and Bolton. Uh, Number six, Tony Roberts. Robber or keeper? Is that our friend's dad? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Robber. Sounds like a complete keeper's name. Keeper. Keeper. Yeah, it is a keeper. QPR and Wales. Now the coach at Swansea. Good, good to know. Goalkeeper you, coach. You learn a I'm lot glad he's doing well. <laughs> well done, Tony Number seven. Roberts. Number seven. Jack Foley. Robber or keeper? Joel. Robber. Midnight run. Robber. Robber? <laughs> Alex, just for your complete assurance. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, it's it, a keeper. No, it is a robber, oh. but it was uh, George Clooney in Out of Sight. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's definitely a character called Foley in, in that room. Mick okay, Foley. number eight. Number eight, uh, Carlo Nash. Keeper. Keeper. Robber. Uh, keeper. Oh. Wigan Stoke, Everton, and current coach at Oldham. Well, come on, I see you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is Dean Keaton. I mean, that sounds like such a footballer name, so I'm going with keeper. Curveball for the last question. I'm going to go. I'm going to go robber. I'm going to say keeper. 
Oh, Alex, you're right, mate. Oh, well uh, it is a Robert. Well done. Uh, played by Gabriel Byrne and Usual Suspects. Oh. Oh. So, what, what was his character again? Dean Keaton. Dean Keaton. So, Alex, uh, have you got any trivia for the week? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to your final verdict then. <laughs> okay. So, uh, it's an interesting one because, to be honest, I've, I've not watched uh, The Assassination of Jesse James. I do love westerns. Like It's, it's possibly my favourite genre of films. So, um, you know, the reason I didn't watch it partly was because of Brad Pitt a little bit. Gav's convinced me over the years that he's not the best actor. Also, the length of the film. So those are the things I was really looking at. Um, you know, it, it it sounds like actually... What you're the, always looking for, isn't it? <laughs> what, Brad Pitt? <laughs> like, did you do any more looking? <laughs> right. I'm going to compose myself and look past that. I he think. just wrote shit in giant letters on his... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look at my notes and say, right, so the length of the film, it actually doesn't sound like it is that much of an issue. You know, as he's saying, it didn't really bother him. Um, I thought that would be a big thing, to be honest. The, ex- the fact there's an extended epilogue, it was a bit confusing for me, but it sounds like the character arc of Robert Ford and Casey Affleck is acting so well and this character arc is so good that maybe that extended ep- epilogue sort of works. Um, the realistic gunfights uh, and gunfights and the violence being underplayed... Um, I think, I don't know, it's a tricky one because I think I would have gone into this wanting it to be a Western, so I'm sort of not sure where I stand on that because I think I would have liked a little bit more action as well. But maybe if it did turn into a character study, it does sound like the acting was strong enough that you could have sort of gone along with it. And I do like the fact that the violence is shocking and I don't think there's been enough realistic gunfights. gunfights. So I, I like the idea of, you know, the, the fight scenes you were talking about where, you know, it sort of seemed like, you know, they're just pulling the guns out and shooting each other like it would actually possibly be. That sounds like quite interesting to me and something I'd actually quite like to see. Um, you know, when you're talking about the the acting, I'm not surprised Casey Affleck was amazing. It sounds like a role he would be very good in. So, and, you know, that Brad Pitt doesn't do a, an awful job. I, I, you know, that's still a sticking point for me. Do I want to see a two-hour 40 film where Brad Pitt's an eponymous character? Um, but then you've got Sam Rockwell. I'm really glad you brought him in because I absolutely love Sam Rockwell. He's one of my favourite actors ever. I just love him. Um, it's going on the hit list, Whoa! and I'm surprised because, to be honest, I was, I would, I would, I just assumed. It, oh Jesus! Oh God! Can <laughs> you change your mind? It's going on the shit list. <laughs> no, 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 if I have to listen to the sound effect, no, it's definitely going on the no, shit list. You've already said. You've already said that. No, we go okay. for the first one. Okay. So while Gav gets his sound effect coming on, which will probably come interrupt me mid 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 speaking, uh, yeah, I'm surprised because I, I would have thought I would have put this film almost certainly on the shit list. I was ready to do that, but I it, it, this discussion, sorry, Joel, oh my God. <laughs> has made me. I'm just going to carry on like that didn't happen. Has made me want to watch this film, even though it's two hours and forty minutes. So yeah, it's on the hit list. Well done. What a ghost? Is that the ghost? Applause. applause. Sounds like a pneumatic <laughs> drill, mate. <laughs> it's applause, right? Uh, so, thank you very much, Alex. Honestly, I mean, I, I'm actually surprised um, that that you went with the hit list. To be honest, well, me too. Cause especially because Joel, Joel, you're judging the next one, aren't you? <laughs> I don't forget easy. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so, shall we find out our genuine, opi- um, uh, genuine opinions? Opinions, yeah. Ozzy, I think you were uh, quite honest about yeah, weren't you? Yeah, I was honest and uh, I was surprised. I genuinely, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. Okay, Joel, you actually own this on Blu-ray, so what's your genuine opinion? Um, yeah, I like it. 
when I, whilst doing the research, apparently this is the most historically accurate representation of the two characters. Um, <laughs> and, and also apparently, um, you know, it's one of those films that did not very well when it came out of the cinema, but then after it's released, it's been kind of lauded as being, uh, you know, a really good film. Um, and yeah, it's good. It is kind of too long. I do think what I said, some of what I said is valid. There are kind of bits in there which they could easily cut out. And like what I said, I did go into this thinking it was a Western and I was a little bit disappointed. You know, it doesn't have to be full-blown action, but when you've got a film about Jesse James, you'd like to see some bits and bobs in there. Um, and there wasn't literally any of that. But it was a really great film and it's definitely worth watching. Bits and bobs, you're talking about Bapgate again. <laughs> I'm not having that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I actually really liked it, yeah. I really liked it, but Brad Pitt is fucking woeful in it. He is, <laughs> he is woeful. How, how hard was that for you to say then? Oh, uh, it was quite hard. Like, you know, I, you know, like the thing is, is that I can see that he's trying. Okay, and <laughs> a for effort. That's so, a for effort. That's more insulting but, than anything no, you've the, said. But the thing is, is that like the supporting cast is fantastic. Honestly, every single one of them gives a tremendous performance and so many different layers as well so many and so many different levels every single one of them i definitely recommend it just for the support and cast I mean, alone you, you had me at sam rockwell i have to you say had me at sam rockwell and and the cinematography the, the way it's filmed yeah. and the story it, 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 everything every part of the film is great just brad pitt's terrible um i uh, I, I remembered i did have some trivia oh, yeah. which i've forgotten so my quick trivia is that apparently in, a, in an early scene brad pitt loses his middle finger is that right yeah, yeah he's so cute. I just hasn't got one. Apparently, like, they had to digitally erase his middle finger for the rest of the film. <laughs> so throughout the entire rest of the film, someone had the job of digitally erasing his finger in every shot and frame, probably. I imagine that was probably one of the only bits of CGI in the film as well. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, and yeah. quite a lot, though. I mean, that's quite yeah. a lot of money spent on that CGI. Yeah. yeah. Just like Superman's moustache again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, Right, I'm going to move on to the caption contest. Oh, yeah. So as as ever, every week we do a little caption contest and I've taken a still from the film and I've asked people to give it a bit of a caption. Um, so it's a scene in which Brad Pitt uh, is, has got it back to the camera and he is facing an oncoming train. Now, I thought that this one would have got a lot of captions from Brad Pitt haters like myself, but no, there's only been <laughs> two. Uh, so you guys, judging by applause, you've got to tell me who the winner is. The by first applause. one. okay. Or, or, or just just tell me what you reckon. First one is Gavin really hoping the stunt goes wrong and hits Mr. Pitt in a tragic filming accident. <laughs> <laughs> was that actually written by you? No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. And the second one here is Thomas the Tank Engine movie directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I like the second. Second one, yeah. Okay, so Craig Harris, you win a Fredo bar, my friend. <laughs> Is that just one of Austin's fake names? Fake, fake Twitter handles. It's the, the first time that somebody else has won a Do you Fredo? actually have to send a Freddo to someone then? I will send a Freddo. Oh, of course. Craig Harris, there's a Freddo coming on yeah, this way. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so that draws a close to the show. Just to say that we have drawn next week's film out of the hat and it is going to be, it's another suggestion from one of our friends, it's going to be Titanic. Oh, classic. I know. Wow. Another nice short Can't film wait. to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so we've also drawn the roles out of the hat. So in the judge's role, it's going to be Joel. In the role of defense, it's going to be Alex. In the role of prosecution, is going to be Austin or, or Dave. <laughs> and in the role of character witness, it's going to be me. So 
I'm just going to say thank you very much for everyone who has listened to the show. Uh, you can listen to our previous shows and our future shows on our new website, www.filmsontrial.co.uk. Also, check us out on Twitter, at Film Trials. There you can suggest some films for us to put in the hat, and we will get round to reviewing them honestly. Also, while you're there, check out our friend and graphic designer, Winston Sang, well. who has been doing some stellar work recently, a very last minute, uh, knocked up a poster for Jesse James with Austin's face on it. So <laughs> uh, credit to him for that. And uh, while you're there, check out Austin as well, why don't you, at Aussie Ray. Also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, uh, and all the others just by putting Films on Trial into the search engine. So thank you very much, everybody. And we will be in your ears next week with Titanic. Goodbye. Goodbye.